again. Welcome. This is Dub. This is my podcast, Conversation from Dub. And uh, we'll take a little drive into work again today. It's a nice little place to unwind, to listen to my rantings and ravings. Before I get started, uh, podcast is available on iTunes, available on Stitcher. Go ahead and get it there, or you can get it from uh, fromdub.com. <clears throat> You're probably listening to it on one of those, so I'm just letting you know. You can find it on the other ones. Let me know what you think. Tell your friends. Uh, you know, I, I don't know if I, I shared it or not. That's what I'm trying to say. Uh, they're kind of mumbling already. This is great. This is going to be a good one, fellas and ladies and tens of people. Okay, so today I'm going to talk about flaws. Some of the things I may touch on that I may have alluded to before, and some of them, you know, tied directly into uh, last week's impacts. But, you know, flaws, we, we, we all have them, right? Um, there's, no, there's nobody perfect. Everybody's got bugaboos, packadillos, little things that, you know, they wish they could change about themselves. And, you know, sometimes they, they, they run a little deeper. Um, so I, I'm here to tell you that your few flaws are fine. You know, there's, there's, there's certain flaws that you do need to change. Uh, and that's, that's, that's the work of progress. That's a nice little sound right in the microphone. Trying to, I can name gerbil trying to get something to drink. Okay, so there's flaws that you need to correct. There's flaws that are fine. Um, and generally, the flaws that are, that are fine are the ones that you internalize and you, you sit back and you, you uh, wind up getting depressed. Now, look, everybody gets sad, right? Sadness is not depression. Depression is, you know, clinical, and it's a real thing. Um, and that, that, that we need a distinction between sadness and depression. Depression is something that it's very hard to break out of if you don't intervene. And um, so. The reason I'm talking about depression is that, you know, I mean, is it, it it's something I, I, I at times struggle with. Um, I have, uh, you know, the type of personality and the type of um, genes that lend itself to to being depressed and, and going to the dark side. You know, call it going dark, and you know, some of the stuff justified. You know, sometimes. Um, being, you know, quote-unquote depressed is okay. You're feeling. You're alive, right? You're alive. But the, it, it does go further. And the problem is, is when you don't have the tools to to deal with that depression or you you come from uh, from people or you're ha- you have people around you that uh, you know, Quit being sad. Come on, let's go. You know, and that's that's kind of helpful, but not not necessarily. Um, it doesn't validate the way you feel. Um, so this is kind of important to me because uh, a couple years ago, a kid that I used to coach, I didn't I didn't coach him like regularly, but 
we took a team to a 7-on-7 national event and uh, in football. And, you know, um, he went on, he played college ball. And I think it was two years ago, um, he jumped to his death uh, out of a window. And part of his depression dealt with um, uh, a relationship that he was having. And it, it went sour and he didn't have the tools didn't think he had the tools to deal with that and sadly you know being a football player you you um you kind of are in a macho world and and i think it's some degrees uh, a lot of degrees uh, across is the same way you know you're in this macho world and you know crying is for bitches and uh being depressed is not something that you openly say, hey, you know, guys, I'm not feeling, you know, it's, it's, it, it, shit, any, in society, just saying, stand up and saying, I don't, I'm kind of sad, it's, it's not exactly what everybody wants to hear, um, but here's, here's the, where the impacts come in, is that, you know, you, you can tell if somebody you know is not themselves, right, it takes less than 10 seconds to look at them and say, hey man, you all right? Everything okay? You look kind of not yourself. He's, they're going to respond, oh man, I'm good. Why? Because, uh, you know, opening up is not something that you, know, you just pop the top like like you do a, a, a can. You, you got to kind of finesse it. So, and they respond, yeah, I'm good, you know, whatever. Then you say, all right, hey, man, you know, if you need anything, let me know. Now, if that goes on for days, man, you got to you gotta step in and go, look, man, you're not yourself. You, are you sure? Because, man, you, you don't seem like yourself. You need to, if you don't talk to me, man, find somebody to talk to. Get, get that out. That That is how you intervene um, and help somebody break out of depression. Yeah, you kind of got to get a little messy and you have to do stuff that we've been doing less of in today's world. And, and I'll be the first to admit that I'm part of that problem, too. Um, I like wrong jokes. You know what I mean? I, I say the wrong things. I, I, when I tell you these things and I say them, I'm not just being self-deprecating. I, I'm telling you that I, I got flaws. I have things that I, I don't, uh, I'm not proud of. I, uh, I'm not good at maintaining, uh, relationships. It's not really where, where my, my strength lies. I, I kind of fall down on the job that I don't keep communication up. I disappear. I disappear from people. And then, you know, it gets harder and harder to come back to. But it is what it is. Uh, sometimes it's not always my fault. Flaws, man. We don't live in a perfect world. And along with the, so th- th- there's a story. This this young lady that went to uh, Penn State. She was a uh, an honor student, high school, very very popular, 
very happy, outgoing on Instagram. And then, uh, you know, she, she killed herself. She jumped off a parking garage. Now, wow, you know, I, this girl had everything going for her. Why? Well, because she was sad. And she saw everything else on Instagram and thought everybody was happy. And she wasn't. And she even knew that the social media game was a game. It's not real. You know? Um, uh, you don't post sadness always you know you don't you don't usually do that you know you post in your, your happy moments you don't take pictures usually of your sad times occasionally you do and then you, you hold on to that and then you're like wow man that right that picture had impact because you, you you were sad in it and it showed and you go back man what were you thinking in this picture so uh that's kind of hard um I'm going to relate to you a story that is uh, a little bit difficult to tell. All right. 1989 was the year a young dub was in high school, senior year, and I had a, a fondness for the nose candy. And it was, it was a, uh, it was more than a, a, a little bit of a habit. It was more than that. Uh, I was, I was pretty deep. I was uh, involved in, in a lot of different things surrounding those candy. Uh, uh, I wasn't an upstanding, upstanding person. Um, I would often high all night fall asleep in my first class did that almost every day and I didn't didn't really care uh, I, I was on the swim team and I, I just didn't and I, I, I don't know what was wrong with me but nothing nothing seemed real so I just didn't care I didn't you know I was young invincible right as much as many young high schoolers feel, you know, they fucking drinking and drugging, they don't, they don't think about the consequences because they're young, they got this, as long as I do X, Y, Z, I'm good, and, you know, I, I wound up flunking that first hour class, and I, I lost, I lost swimming, I became ineligible, and, you know, I had a few scholarship offers. They were partial scholarships um, for swimming, and those disappeared. Those got rescinded. Uh, so <clears throat> that, that's a that's a tough spot, man. You, you know, you you're this guy, and you're, you're a swimmer, and you know you're halfway decent, and then you wind up. Uh, you think that it just got taken away from you forever. And it continued. I I usually didn't get high at school because cocaine makes you a little bit lippy. And you don't want to be lippy when you're me because you're already lippy, right? You already got a little attitude, a little bit of... Uh, 
little bit of edge to you. And, uh, but I did, I got high. And then I got, then I got kicked out of school. Now, I had trouble throughout school. I was a little bit of a class clown, a little bit of a cut up, a little bit of just an ass, to be honest. A little bit of an ass. And I got to the point where my mother said that she wasn't going to come back to the school again. She was done going to the school. And if I got if I got suspended, and I, uh, what my school used to do is that you get kicked out, and then you couldn't come back until your parent came back with you, and then they would talk about it, and then whatever. Well, she was tired of going up, up to the school. She felt embarrassed and disrespected. And she said she wasn't going to go back. So I'm kicked out of school and my mom won't go back. Uh, I, I spent a lot of days pleading with her to just come to the damn school and asking the dean, please, you know, don't just meet her somewhere. Or, you know, whatever, just whatever, right? This was in February. And uh, I, I thought that, I thought shit was, was done. But, you know, th- things were going, things were going to a, a, to a dark side on me quickly. You know, high school diploma started becoming something that might not happen. Uh, GED was a word that was in my future. Um, that, fuck, you know, that, that's just, you know, people didn't think I would graduate high school. And... I often thought that was fucked up because that was like an active discussion around me and like you know parents you know watch what you discuss kids can hear everything so you know, I, I knew that people didn't think I was going to graduate I took offense at it then, I, then suddenly I'm getting in danger of not graduating and uh, things became bleak man then you know I had a little girlfriend and uh, so I called her to talk to her she wasn't home she, you know, we had kind of half, half broken up or whatever and she wasn't uh, wasn't there I felt like she was never there right you see where this is going right this is like things around me are going black they're going you know going dark on me they're, 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 no one's there for me I'm calling I'm making calls I'm not there mom went home so this was uh, I, I didn't think that I didn't think I had a way out of this uh, I, I started you know I had been trying to cut down and or quit cocaine for uh, like a month or two and I, I just couldn't do it. Every time I turned around, I was like, yeah, yeah whatever. And I would do something. And, you know, it was, I was making money doing it. I was partying. It was fun. But, I mean, I, you know, I'm not stupid. I see, I saw the, 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 the dangers. I saw them. And, and I, couldn't, I couldn't stop it. You know, some people have a, a, a destructive personality. And it's often an addictive personality. And that's the once once they start doing it, it's, it's over. You know, it's that's what they do and it's kind of where I was I, I couldn't stop the nothing nothing was was 
none of these little tragedies that were that were coming up were enough for me to say, man, that's up. I quit. I'm not doing it no more. Nope. Kept doing it. Kept doing it. And um, then February 13th, 1989, I, I decided I'm going to stop. And that's it. That's, 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 this is the day. This is the day where I take over my life. I, my, my life is now mine again. Right? And that's, that's, that's the night, man. It's, it's shit. You know, I just got suspended from school. I, I thought that my mother would not go back. You know, I didn't think that there would be any way she would. Um, I started seeing that GED thing coming up. That, that's going to be what I had to get. Um, so, shit, I don't know. I'm trying to get these thoughts out of my head. That little, that little voice started calling. Man, just chop up a few lines. Just chop up a few lines to be good. Just, you know, chop up a few so I, I look at it. Oh shit. Okay, maybe. Nah, I'm not gonna do it. I'm not gonna do it. Well, you know, eleven o'clock comes around. I still ain't got a hold of nobody. And these ain't the days of uh, you know cell phones. You couldn't text anybody. If somebody went home, they went home. You just sat in your. You sat with your thoughts and got upset about it. So, push gun to shove, I chopped it up. I'm standing there, standing at the lines, thinking, uh, man, here we go again. I can't, what the fuck is wrong with me? First line, boom. Second line, boom. Now, what's up? Now I'm high. Starting to get that. I'm in a hurry. I got to go. I got to go. But I don't know where to go. I got nowhere to go, but I got to go. Anybody that's done okay will understand what I mean. I just got to go. Come on, let's go. Let's go. So that's where I'm at. I'm in that stage, and I got nowhere to go. I got nobody to call. I got nobody, nothing to do. What am I going to fucking do? Sadness starts checking in. I don't know where I'm going with this. Why is my life fucked up? Why can't I stop doing this? Why can't I just be normal? Why can't I just be normal? So, as I said, I, I, I made a little money off of cocaine. So, being involved with the people I was involved with, um, obviously, firearms were not something that I was uh, a stranger to. I often would, you know, go. I lived, I lived in the downstate Illinois, and you could travel one mile outside of the town, and you'd be in just nothing but cornfields. So I would take a drive sometimes and go out there and just pop off rounds. Really frustration. It was such a, a exhilarating feel to do it, knowing that <laughs> this is this is gonna get you. You know, if you get caught, this is gonna be a problem, and that was exhilarating. Stupid, but exhilarating. You know, there's places I could go to actually legally shoot firearms, but no, that's we're not gonna do that. We're gonna do it illegal and be stupid. So, 
like I said, I'm, I'm, I'm falling down the hole, man. I'm, 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 it's going dark, and it's going dark fast. I, I don't know, I don't know who to turn to because there's no one to turn to at this point. I don't know what to do. I'm mad at myself because I can't stop doing cocaine, and I'm doing cocaine. I'm mad because I can't stop doing cocaine, and I'm doing cocaine. You know, I'm 17 years old, and I don't have the, the life skills to get a grip. And even if, even if I was older, sometimes you get, you know, people that get in this addiction cycle, that, that shit is strong, and it's hard to get out of it. And you throw, sprinkle that little depression on top of that, on top of those unregulated drugs, sprinkle it, that not really happy with yourself, feeling, and now got a powder keg, man. So I go to the drawer, I get the gun. And I stare at the gun. And I do a couple more lines. I'm mad as fuck at myself. I'm sitting here looking at this shit. I'm doing, I'm doing cocaine. It is midnight now. It's midnight. I'm crying. It is Valentine's Day. Twelve oh five, February fourteenth, nineteen eighty-nine. I'm high. I'm crying. I got nowhere to go. Nowhere to turn to. Everybody that calls not answering. Obviously, it's midnight, dude. What are you doing? But even people that I know that I could call at midnight, they weren't answering. They weren't there. My mother was gone. She wasn't in the house. She's at her boyfriend's. Um, so I'm alone in my house, coked out of my mind, crying, holding a pistol. Put the gun to my temple, take a deep breath, and, it, and my hand drops. I can't do it. I can't, I can't even kill myself, man. What the fuck? I can't get out of this anyway. I can't even get my, I can't even draw the courage to pull the trigger. Right? This desperation is there, man. Desperation. Loneliness, sadness, and the darkness, and the depression, and it sets in, and I do not know what to do. I put it to my head again, my hand drops again, more cocaine. Now I busted out some vodka, and I'm doing shots of vodka, cocaine, and a pistol. So, as the time wears on, I just, I don't know where I'm, I don't know where I'm going with this. I feel like I should just sleep, but I'm all coked up. I can't sleep. So finally, I said I gotta do it. 
I gotta, I gotta find a way out, right or wrong. I gotta get out. I gotta get out. So I put that gun in my temple the one last time, and I fucking start to squeeze that trigger, feel the tension, and then click. Like I said, I had gone out, you know, I go out and I shoot sometimes. Well, I didn't load it. I just assumed it was loaded. It was not loaded. I threw it against the wall. And I sobbed. I sobbed in my hands and I said, I'm, I'm worthless. I've got nothing. My life is fucked up. And I can't stop doing cocaine. What am I going to do? And I, uh, I, I sat there and I, I just, you know, looked at the empty bag from the cocaine, the empty bottle of vodka, and realized that the rest of the night was going to be fucked up. But it was already morning. But I was still high. I was still drunk. I was still crying. So I went to sleep. Or at least try to. I laid there, all the thoughts about the world going through my head, thinking of what am I going to do in my life. That you know, these things that I thought were important are important, but not important. Don't know where to go. Don't know what to do. So I could have been another statistic. And I eventually stopped doing cocaine. And, you know, did it again, you know, when I got to college, of course, and uh, fucked up there, you know, and then stopped doing it, and then did it again after my first divorce, uh, got back involved in that stuff, and, you know, and then it was, I finally broke free of that lifestyle, and got rid of all the, you know, that, those, that particular demon, uh, but it was, um, you know, it wasn't Robert Downey Jr. or nothing, but, but the struggle was real. And that depression, that, that, that trying to self-medicate depression, but all I had to do was just find somebody to talk to. So what I'm trying to say, I guess, I don't even know what the point is now. I got flaws, right? So you've seen my flaws. That's probably my biggest one right there. I just had to broke it down for you. My biggest flaw. Nobody is flaw-free. So give yourself a little break, man. You know, but understand that you got a flaw. You know, you, it's not the end of the world. There's people to talk to. And if you see somebody that's having a rough time, reach out. Let them know that you you got them and they they can talk to you. Don't let somebody go down the dark hole alone because they might not make it out. I'm Doug. This has been a conversation for Doug. Peace.